It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. Don't forget to use the promo code DNVR25 to get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering StravaCraft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we look ahead to the Colorado Rockies in Atlanta, the ATL, as the kids. No, that's actually, that's old school thing to say now. That's not what the kids call it. Kids, I think, just call it Atlanta, <laughs> where they'll, they'll be playing a three-game set. Uh, we'll be looking ahead at that, particularly at the first game, a little bit in depth here, uh, Patrick, as the now suddenly road-capable, road, road warrior. Road, road, not quite as horrendous as they were before. It rolls right off the tongue. Uh, <laughs> the road competent Colorado Rockies. Oh, I like that. And <laughs> after, and after winning here. three out of four uh, against the, the Philadelphia Phillies, Atlanta, I guess, owes the Rockies uh, a favor because now they're sitting in first in the NL East by four and a half games. So they're feeling pretty good. They've won six out of their last ten. And so what would the favor be to allow the Rockies to sweep? Or would it actually be, you know what, give us a better draft pick. So please take all three of these games. Take it the other way. One one win for the Rockies would be a nice, solid win-win, I think, for everybody involved here. because I see one win happening. Yeah. I see one win. Atlanta has only been – there are three games over 500 at home, so they yeah. haven't been – Terribly That's great at 37 yeah. and 34. So I think there is a chance that they could they could win one even with Atlanta throwing some of their better starters. Yeah, and, and obviously we'll get into the details and mechanics of which game they win and how here. But I, I think, yeah, and, and just in a in the sort of cosmic sense, right? In the in the like uh Atlanta, they've got a comfortable enough lead now. They they could stand a drop a game here, and they they'll probably even still pick up ground the way everybody in the NL East is playing if they still win the series, you know, but the Rockies need to continue to feel better about themselves on the road, get a little bit further away from that history of the worst team and on the road in franchise history, stuff like that, like a little more progress. And, and, and again, if you're winning one of these games, presumably it's because 
somebody who you're counting on in the future here has shown out and done something awesome or, or somebody that's going to be a piece. Rogers has had a great game. Uh, you know, Toppy has gotten hot all of a sudden. You know, like we even saw things from Ryan Feldner or Lucas Gilbreth. It can be as small as Lucas Gilbreth going out and having a, a clean inning in the middle of a, a game that they steal. And you go, all right, yeah, more positive signs there, but you don't expect to beat this team that's been – pretty good for, you know, a while now. And uh, yeah, think, think solid, solid for everybody around. The recipe has to be that either Gray, Sensatella or Marquez, who should be featuring here in Atlanta, again, is, is competent. And then yes, you get some support from someone like Gilbreth or Sheffield can kind of pick back up where he started the season before going down to injury and the offense just, does enough. They're at, at Truist Park, the third such ballpark that the Rockies have played the Atlanta franchise in, which is yeah. crazy to think for how young the Rockies are, relatively speaking. And yet this is the third home right. that Atlanta has called home. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, I'd, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. And <clears throat> some of it's a little... Uh, well, we won't get into the details of some of the shenanigans involved with some of the ballpark situations with Atlanta. But uh, let's do go ahead and jump into, as you talked about, laying some of the pitching matchups out there on the table. Uh, well, let, let's get into game one. Let's just go ahead and start with game one because we've got up right here. We got John Gray. We got Tuki Toussaint, one of my favorite names in baseball. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Rocky's gone after him. Last time out in Colorado, slightly different atmosphere, and they're a slightly different team at home. But uh, just a, a couple of games ago for Toussaint, uh, they, they put, where is it, four runs, four earned runs, five runs, and six hits and three innings against him. So they got after him uh, pretty solid. Could be out for a little bit of revenge there. Uh, we'll see. And again, like I said, different environments. But then on the flip side, you've got John Gray. Uh, his last time out was really cruising, was pitching absolutely fantastically, maybe best he had all year, and then couldn't get out of the sixth inning. Ended up going five, giving up three. Uh, and remember, that was after he had to come out of that game in L.A., pitching only two innings and then having a an issue. And we thought, you know, he might, he might have to get shut down for the rest of the year. So we'll see how he goes. Should be a good one, though. I, I hope both guys pitch well, and this is a, a good good old-fashioned pitcher's duel. And I'd like to see Gray, you know, have a little bit more length, you know, five innings. We talked a couple of days ago about what mm. a, a true quality start is, and nowadays I think five innings is now where it's at. It's, you know, managers and front offices uh, simply expect a lower quality. Like, that's – that's what they're asking for. That's the quality they seek, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'd love for him to extend that, especially because you go and look and and he threw like 150 innings back in, in 2019 and he's sitting at 131. So you go, all right, you'd like for him to to be able to pitch a little bit more, even despite some of the, the injury bugs he's had, you know, just, just to go a little bit further. This will be his first start against Atlanta since 2019, which which didn't go so great. In Atlanta, um, but you you look at the lineup from that day in, in early April of 2019, and <laughs> half the roster goes, okay, you know those names, and the other half, it's crazy how just two seasons ago, 
Right. Daniel Murphy, Arenado, David Dahl, Tony Walters for the Rockies. And for Atlanta, you've got Nick Markakis, Brian McCann, Mike Fultonevich, and unfortunately, Ronald Acuna Jr., who's who's been hurt, you know, yeah. since you know, about the halfway point. So a lot can change in a, in a very short amount of time. And, and I think I think Greg going out and having a, a really good start, leaving the bullpen kind of rested, chomping at the bit. I think they've Colorado's had a lot of success. I think when guys are not rusty, uh, they don't seem to be rusty when they're they get a couple of days off in a row and you you start to just use guys more than it is about a matchup or anything like that. Right. So I, I think that would be a, a good problem to have. Again, they only were just off on Monday. So another day off where the bullpen kind of can get some rest. And uh, especially if you can put it away early enough and make it decisive enough where maybe you don't need the Seves, maybe even Chassin closes out the ninth. You know, right. it, it'll be interesting to see. Also, you know, because we've talked about what we would like to see in the final month and sure, guys like, you know, Welker and, and, and maybe some of the, the younger pups down in Albuquerque, but different roles and responsibilities from guys in the bullpen. Again, we can't talk enough about Lucas Gilbreth, uh, third time already getting mentioned here on, on today's show. Clearly, yet, yeah. Let's see him in the seventh. Give him a whole inning. Let's yes. see what happens. Maybe Sheffield could be ready. Kinley is, has been kind of, touch and go here and there, but you know, he's a guy that uh, has that potential to be a good setup man and your boy, AKA yeah boy, Robert Stevenson certainly deserves that opportunity to, you know, be pitching in, in big spots late in the game. And maybe you give him the ball in the night instead yeah. of kind of keep it, keep that same rhythm, but you just give Estevez the day off. You can tinker a little bit. There's nothing, yeah. nothing wrong with that. It's amazing. It, bullpens are weird things, right? The way they're always these kinds of sets of dominoes. And whenever a, a closer is displaced, it's as Daniel Bard has been, it's not just like, oh, okay, the, it, obvious. So, so they went, clearly Carlos Estevez is the guy for the job when he's fully healthy right now. But the next domino is, what about when he's not? What about when he needs a day? We haven't seen that yet. And so, yeah, that, that brings up that question. And do they just hand it to Chassin because he's the veteran guy? He's been most reliable. He's technically next in line. If you were doing this, you know, like Star Trek, he would have been number one. <laughs> he's, like, he's like the next guy down. He, okay, he sits in the captain's chair now. Uh, but I'm with you. I, I don't think that they would necessarily do that um, because I think with these young guys, you got to – see if you've got a closer of the future in there. And I think right now with Chassin, don't you feel like run it back with Chassin, right? Don't do anything with Chassin. He's your setup guy. He's been great. Um, bring him back next year for slightly more money than you paid him this year and do it again and leave him right where he is. But you're not expecting Chassin to grow into a closure well he's what is he 36 37 years old at this point he done had most of his career already but maybe Gilbreth finds it maybe Robert Stevenson could be that guy Jordan Sheffield could be that guy a uh, bit earlier early in the career for Fernandez but there's stuff there but yeah I just throw throw those guys out there I'd like to see a little bit of a revolving door in the last couple of weeks so and if 
you know, not in the closer's role, I think you still get those guys experience in the the seventh and eighth inning. Like that's, that's how you lead into that. It's like, you know, just having a young hitter move up into the lineup and you say, all right, batting sixth today instead of eighth. Okay. More, a little more responsibility or batting fifth or moving to the second in the lineup with a little bit of protection, you're getting more opportunities there. And so anytime you can feature one of those young guys or less proven players, the better off you're going to be. And yet, you know, that's a great point. I think my head's not wrapped around the off season transactions just yet, but I think you need to bring back Chassin. Like, I think that's a going to be a good partnership between the two of them. Again, there could be other teams really starting to, to knock on his door, but he's, he's shown the ability to pitch really well in, in Colorado. And even if you have to go, a second year, right? We we know he was cut earlier in the year by the Yankees, uh, right at the at the end of, of spring training. But he he's rebuilt himself here into this one to one plus inning reliever. So there's going to be more teams a little more interested. He's not the same guy that he was in in March. So yeah. you know that that does bring his price up, but it's not going to be any kind of bank breaking price, nor should it be. And and the Rockies have that kind of money to spend, so I think yeah he's he's a valuable guy to to bring back and uh, be be a leader in in the bullpen, and maybe even gives you flexibility to say yeah if somebody really knocks our socks off and is really interested in Daniel Bard, which unfortunately because of what's happened with him in the last month, that's probably not going to happen. But maybe it does happen with Carlos Estevez, and you go all right, well we got Justine here on this two year deal. He's our veteran guy now, as opposed to. Uh, Carlos Estevez being one of those vets, which he sure. is at this point. He, he, I know it's weird. Um, right? So it allows you to have your cake and eat it too, but but you're you're dead on. CJ Crone, we we talked about it briefly on Sunday's post game. Go back and and listen to that with some of the possibilities of what could happen. Uh, there may be some gray area there, but with Chassin, I'm I'm all on board. It's black and white to me. I think you you should definitely bring it back. And if you don't, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, but I definitely think you should. I, mean, I, I would I put the should. I would put the probability of that at very, very high. Chassin had this quote that was going around at the beginning of the year about how this was the only place he wanted to go. Uh, you know, and I, I did think like at the time, like was anybody else calling? Like, dude, the the numbers have not been great the last couple of years, and he just got caught by the Yankees, like you said in spring training. But you know, he, he was very open about like I wanted to come back to Colorado, and he maybe even said like I wanted to finish my career here. And then you watch the way he's pitching; it's like, well, your career doesn't appear to be over just yet. So, as I said before, let's run it back. All right, I got a, I got a question for you, Patrick. And on top of, ooh, the sound effects, audio experience today. So we got to give people the sound effects. No YouTube, but great, uh, great foley work. Although yeah. you used a can to simulate the sound of a can. So technically you're not a Foley artist. Uh, yeah, right. No, I just, it was very on, <laughs> on the nose. Uh, <laughs> but yes, who, who do we think we will be toasting our Breck brews to on the, uh, we'll talk about the offensive hero here coming up in the series. Juice drop IPA is what I got right now. This has become my number one, number one beer for those of you that, aren't familiar with the, what that means that means that's your that's your good that's your first beer that's when you've you haven't had any other beers starting you've had two or three you might go a little lighter than this you don't want a juice drop for your fourth beer is what i'm saying but for your one beer if you're having a one beer kind of night or maybe you're having a two beer kind of night juice drop 
Breck Brew, absolutely delicious. Anything in there. You can try them all out. They got a 15-can sampler. Got one right over there. It's absolutely phenomenal. Love it. Also got them in Celsius. So you can get the Celsius or the Breck Brews at your local King Supers, at a it, local liquor store. It's juicy. And I was going to say, if it was if it was more of a rye, and you said you got to go first with the juice drop as opposed to fourth, a.k.a. cleanup, that's the perfect rye Meltopia to right. lead off Look your day of, of celebrating life. Oh. But it, oh. it's the rye Meltopia of... It's the Ryan Maltapia of beers. Of beers. Phenomenal stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. And you that's, can get that's what, we'll see if we can get Jack Corrigan to, to call a Ryan Maltapia home run. Oh, that's a juice Ooh. drop to left field. On juice Ryan drop Maltapia. to left. Well, he's going to have to hit another home run at some point for that to happen. It's been a minute. <laughs> um, you can get a bigger beer down at the DNVR bar, by the way, if you're a member of the family. Do subscribe today at the DNVR.com. You get a uh, discounts on hats and shirts. You get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. You get access to the Discord channel. You get a free shirt when you order the annual. You get to be part of the family. You get free high fives from DNVR members for life. That one checks out. Free high fives from DNVR members for life. Other cool stuff that comes with it too, but I can't name them all. You should just go subscribe to the DNVR.com. And you'll find out about all of them. And then you will begin having a whole lot of fun. <laughs> I think, the guy, <laughs> I think the guy will end up toasting with our Breck Brew on Thursday's post game is going to be Brendan Rogers. So we, this time we are legitimately calling it days in advance. Yeah. Brendan Rogers, one for two with a walk against Thursday starter Ian Anderson. Wow. So I'm going to call it two days early. Wow. Brendan Rogers and not Charlie Blackman, who actually has slightly better numbers. Uh, again, Anderson only has that one start from a couple of weeks ago that you were discussing earlier in segment one. But Charlie Blackman, you might be surprised. So Charlie Blackman tied for third most games played in franchise history, tied with Larry Walker, 31 games against Atlanta. Vinny Castilla is only a couple more, 35. Todd Helton, of course, has the most at 49. Helton has six homers. In his 199 plate appearances, Vinny Castilla, eight homers in 138. Walker, eight homers in 127 plate appearances. Charlie Blackman, how many home runs do you think he has in 111 plate appearances in his relative hometown of Atlanta, Georgia? Deep in uh, <laughs> I'm thinking way too hard about this. The problem is I'm like trying to remember them. <laughs> well, the that all that dead air tells you all you need to know. I'll use, give you that as a as a tip. Take a guess. Give me give me a number. How many did he? So it's 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 so it's low. Then it's like three or four. It's oh, it's <laughs> is, is it is I'll it two? Your guess? Is two it? on the money. You got it. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Only two. Oh, I was shocked. Yeah. I wanted to I look at his numbers and I'm like, oh man, I wonder if he rakes in his, you know, well, his ballpark, so to speak, like Trevor Story does down against the Rangers. Oh, Charlie's got to have really solid numbers. Good average, 274. Yeah. But that's what was interesting. That's that's why my mind went so blank because yeah. my, my brain went, I remember him hitting pretty well in Atlanta. I'm like, he he hits fairly well down there, right? But I, I literally just went into my brain and I was like, picture him. 
hitting a home run in Atlanta. I couldn't do it. So yeah, two. No he wonder. He hasn't done it since 2017. Wow. And the one before that was 2015. Wow. So yeah, wow. not great. I'm in full Owen Wilson on that. Wow. 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 So he's <laughs> he's very due. He's yeah. very due. Very do. I like that. So I like your pick of Rogers. Um, I'm going to say for one of these games, do I have to pick which one? <laughs> Are you gonna put, Rogers. We're going to get a big, a big game out of Colton Welker here. Let's see who, who's Ooh, the, I like that prediction. We're going to get a Welker game. I like he, that. He's making too good of contacts, not getting results. He's locked in. Well, he's owed some hits by the baseball gods. Uh, See who Oscar, you know, is having a pretty good year. So is Ian Anderson, as you talked about. It may have to be game one. I don't know. I'll take, yeah, I'll take, well, yeah, I'll take Welker to have a, a good game one, a solid hero of the game type performance. Knock in three, three ribbies or more for Colton Welker. I'm I'm gonna take game two against Enoa, who since he's come back from the EIL has been fine, good, but he was really good before that. And mm-hmm. and and you know, Enoa, and this is this is something um uh, I didn't get a chance to mention a, a week or so ago when Atlanta came to town, is that Max Fried is one of the better hitting pitchers. Right in the national league and is one of those guys. And, and, you know, it has, I think, I think, you know, it has two home runs actually, yeah. but, but he's missed enough of the season and hasn't done enough, you know, in the rest of his ABs and is more of an unknown. He would almost have to hit two more home runs, I think to, to potentially put himself in the silver slugger race. So, uh, it'll, you know, I, I don't think Atlanta is really going to be pitching around Herman Marquez on Wednesday night, but you know, it gives yeah, watch out for him. Yeah, it could give some Atlanta voters dangerous at bats too. That's the other thing is like he does have the one home run on the season. I don't want to give too much away of an article that I'm working on, but uh, uh, he's had some clutch, clutch abs. He's driven the ball in the gap a couple of times too. So it's not just like a lot of times when pitchers hit a home run or two in a in a season. You know, they're, they're big, strong guys. They kind of close their eyes, sit on fastball, swing real hard. John Gray got one of those one time. He described it on this podcast <laughs> earlier this year. You know, just got to be uncomfortable. But, but Marquez just has a fundamentally pretty good swing, and he drives the ball semi-regularly. Like, he makes more line drive outs than most pitchers, too. He's more of a, a granky Madison Bumgarner type in, in that he li- <laughs> like you do have to be careful with him. How many career walks – but first off, how many walks does Herman Marquez have this year? We I mentioned it to you off air recently. Let's see if you remember. This this is for the, the play inversion for anyone listening at home, which is everyone because we're recording this one. No one's no one's seeing this one live. No one knows right. what we look like for this one, and you definitely don't want to know what Oof, we look like. Good goodness, it's quite quite the mess. I'm gonna go with two again. <laughs> two was two is last. He has not walked this year. Okay. He has never walked. He's never walked uh, in his career. Yeah. But all right, how many? And this this is for our folks in the Discord chat. How many sack flies does he have? Oh, amazing. <laughs> this is the yeah. Give him the uh, background. Give him the background of why I'm even asking this question. 
Did we double check to make sure this is? I did. Okay. Yes. Okay, good. How is it possible that Joey Gallo, just a day or two ago, as of the recording of this, recorded it was his second career sacrifice fly? That blew me that's, away. That's unreal. That blew me away. I said, that has to be false. Like, there's, there's just no way that can be true. Jolie's Chessine has two career sacrifice flies. Jolie's <laughs> Chessine and Joey Gallo are tied in the all-time record books. And Joey Gallo only recently has put himself on the pedestal that is Chessine at the dish. I mean, so does Herman Marquez have more or less? He does not have two this year. Career. How many sacrifice flies does Herman Marquez? I'll say more. He also has none. Really? I don't know what's more shocking no sack flies or no walks. The you no know? sack flies is more, is more shocking to me because. Might be. Because you never, you don't work around. If there's a guy on third with one out and the pitcher's up, you're not working around him. You're going right after him, right? And Marquez has got a pretty good bat, as we've talked about. So you think once or twice he'd get the ball in the air in that spot. I guess I don't know how many times he's been in that situation, but he goes up there to hit. Uh, you know, pitchers that walk, I feel like, are guys that go up there not looking to swing, and they they luck out that the first two are out of zone, and suddenly the guy in the hill just loses his feel and he walks you on accident. Um, but I mean, yeah, given that he does normal, that he does take hitting seriously, those are both kind of surprising, I would say. Uh, with Gallo, and I mean, this kind of ties with Marquez too. Marquez is batting ninth, so how many opportunities do you have with a runner on? third base in front of the bottom of the order, right? And and the Rockies have been good. Like in 17, 18, they were they were very good. So yeah. they had a, they they scored a lot more runs. So you would have thought that that really would have been when those opportunities would have come about. And then for Gallo, I mean in, in 2017, his first you know full season with over hundred games, there were only six games under 500. 2018, they were pretty bad, but 64 and 88, so they weren't atrocious. You would have just thought somebody would have been gotten on base in front of him. 78 and 84, 2019, so not terrible, but nobody at the top of the order was getting to third base with Joey Gallo up. I mean, it's, or, it also goes back maybe to approach. Our, I mean, yeah, I rather just, it, it just to, strike out. It, it definitely goes back to that conversation that we had with when Goody was on the show one of the times, and you know, one of my pet peeve conversations about making contact and approach. And, you know, when you strike out that much, when you're looking basically to walk or hit a home run and you're okay with the strikeout and you're not looking to make what old timey, I guess people like me, though, I'm not old timey about other things, but in this instance, I am, you know, good contact. The thing. So I did go and look just now. Raimel Tapia has got four of them this year, you know, Again, like you, if you can make decent contact with the baseball, and there's a guy on third base, that's part of your job. That was something that you and I were taught, you know, to do when we were little. Now, it's not, no, we're not major leaguers for many, 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 many reasons. And, uh, you know, it, it isn't something that's taught as much. But, yeah, uh, it, it does go back. And I don't know what you get. What, what happens if you're, like, statistically – 
because you don't get a sack fly for just rolling it over to the second baseman if there's a guy on third, but you bring in the run. So you, you get a ribby, but your batting average still goes down. So I would also be curious to see about that for Joey Gallo, because again, it's like he doesn't change his approach. He's up there trying to walk or hit a home run every time. And a ground ball to the right side has never occurred to him or, or a fly ball to medium deep outfield is, is He's not a hitter. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot easier to roll one over in that capacity. You know, they're, they're just, you know, and I don't know if it's, it has something to do just with this season with the, the Rockies kind of, you know, almost damned if they do damned if they don't win a ball game, but I can't really remember too many times going like, Hey, they could just use a little sacrifice fly here. You know, uh, I also just think that's the game has changed in that capacity where it's like, no, th- you got to win the ball games with a three-run home run. And so a sacrifice flies only one. So what's the point? Everybody go up there, hit a three-run home run. And if, you know, if, yeah. if we're only able to do it 8% of the time, we're going to end up with more runs than if we try to get those those sacrifices, if you will. Yeah. Now, there was, as far as the, that – Every manager in baseball crazy. Though. It should. Every single it manager. Should. If you've got a runner on third and one out and you don't score, <laughs> like it's so infuriating. I'm sure I'm sure front offices have a way of calculating certain things like that. You know, the, the ground ball to second base. There was something over a decade ago, and I don't think it was by you know, Bill James came up with this, but it was this idea of like something about total bases earned. Like if you come up with the bases loaded. And you hit into a double play. Yeah, you don't get an RBI, but a run scored, and now there's a guy on third base. Right. So basically, there's a there's an opportunity for eight bases, no, excuse me, ten bases to be advanced with the bases loaded. So if there's right. nobody on base, you can get a, a maximum of four bases. Four. Right. So if you get a single, all right, you get one fourth. And so if there's a you know a runner uh, just on third base with one or less out and you ground out to uh, the second baseman, well, you didn't get a hit, but you did advance the runner one base. Right. And you have the chance of – so you, you were like you – you, you were one out of five there. Which right. is better than 0 for 4, which if no one's on base, right? 0 for 4 is you got zero bases when you opportunity at four. Right. Is a runner on third base, you have an opportunity at four for yourself, and you have an opportunity to advance that runner over. If you strike out, you didn't just strike out like with nobody on base. You struck out with a guy on third base, so that's you know a little bit more damning. That's that's zero for five, so to speak, and not again. It doesn't translate to a batting average, but it kind of just puts extra value on what you're able to do and kind of count those little things. And if you get a single, hey, good job, you got a single. Well, wait a minute, the runner on first was able to get to third base. Some of that may have to do with the runner, but also you get a little more credit for doing something like that and advancing him one extra base, and so. There's different ways to quantify it that right. we don't really utilize because it doesn't really come up that much. But if you start, if you calculated those kind of things, you right. might notice little edges here and there. You might notice guys who have that ability to get a little bit something extra out of those at bats, you know, over the course of a 162 game season when you have 600, you know, at bats or plate appearances. And you go, right. man, this guy is doing those little things well. And well, look at that. It's translating to a couple of times a year. The place where I think since we're getting theoretical, I love this, uh, where, where it may have the biggest impact though. Cause I think you might be right that 
you know, they've kind of done the math and decided that three waiting around for the three run home run is worth the trade off for, for failing in those spots where I think you might start to see it is in like postseason baseball. And I think we're going to yeah. see a revolution in the future when it comes to how teams play postseason baseball. You know, Billy Bean once famously said, my shit doesn't work in the playoffs. You know, and, and because 162 game marathon and a seven game series are different things. And you're right. You know, we talk about Pythagorean runs and, and, and you know, all, all of these other things or, or even stats like OPS plus these things that need X number of at-bats to play out in order for them to normalize and make sense. And in a 162 game season, you're going to get those at-bats. You're going to get the sample sizes that you need. But in the postseason, you often don't. Postseason games oftentimes come down to, because you've got the best pitchers in the world out there, the games are closer and they're lower scoring across the board. And that means there's less chaos. There's less opportunity for you to wait around for that one big mistake because you're not going to face anyone's fourth best pitcher in the postseason. You're less likely to see that mistake. So the value of putting bat on ball, I think, is going to be discovered in postseason baseball. It's I love right. this and it's why Garrett Cole was given a, a nine-year, $324 million deal, not because of what he does in the regular season, but what he could do in the postseason. And you see how much, why that's valued by, by a club like the Yankees, because they're like, no, we, we have to win the World Series. You know, we, we need to, or we, we, we want to, we, we expect to, right. They don't, they don't need to in the same sense that all the other fan bases do. It's just, they expect to. So, you know what, they're willing to shell out that, that extra bit of cash. And you have the teams that are the have nots, the the smaller market clubs who are just like, well, look, we got to figure out that money ball situation. We just got to figure out how to be competent enough to maybe get to the postseason a couple times within a few year span. And that's, that's success for a small market team, the big market teams. It's, it's one of the reasons why you typically do see them in the postseason and going far because they can pay for those postseason performers. Lots of money. Well, if you think you know who the big performers are going to be either this week for the Colorado Rockies or in the postseason, you should hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Lay a little bit of money down, and I do mean oftentimes a little bit of money. I'm known for my small dollar bets. It's a whole lot of fun, though. It does make watching, well, whatever it is that you're watching, whether it's baseball, basketball, and hockey just around the corner. Of course, football is back week one in the books. Very excited about that. Very excited about Teddy Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos looking suddenly very competent. Or Brendan Vogt's. New York Giants looking terrible. Either one, I'm not sure, but it was fun either way. So if you're having fun out there with the sports, but you're thinking to yourself, you know, I know a little more about this than those experts out there know about it. Well, put your money where your mouth is, as they say. It's a whole lot of fun. You can bet, of course, on all kinds of props in the NFL. If that is your thing, you're in heaven now. If you've forgotten, you're like, oh, shoot. Week one snuck up on me. I totally forgot. Oh, and I've been meaning to sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now really is the time to get in on the action. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use code promo or use code promo or promo code, whichever way you prefer. DNVR. You'll receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. 
That's it. Just place the bet on the game. They don't have to win or do anything. Just place $1 on a game. They'll throw $200 at you so that you can bet on anything that you want and get your, your feet wet in the world of the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's promo code DNVR to get your free $200 in bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is actually going to be the Colorado Rockies over Atlanta on Tuesday night with John Gray on the hill. I like the money line. Here's a strange one. The run line, given one and a half, is minus 130 for Colorado, but the money line just straight up doing the thing <laughs> after the 27th out is plus 150. So Ooh. that one is really flipped. I also like John Gray uh, on the run line through the first four, excuse me, through the first five innings, but that's only plus 100. So uh, I like that increase. So I'm going to take the money line, John Gray and the Rockies beating Atlanta in. Atlanta, my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, one other thing I love, of course, everybody knows this about me. This is legit. This has like become a thing in my actual life is that I love Wagyu beef from Hassel Cattle Company. You do? I recommend it to everybody that I know. My mother sends me pictures of it whenever she – she actually started telling me – we were talking about something the other day, and she was just telling me, you know, what she made for dinner. She goes – Oh, yeah, and I, I cooked up a couple of steaks, and they were really good. She goes, oh, you know, I don't have to tell you. I was like, no, it's, I, I know I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's So not- so because this has become such a big deal for you, this is really changed, yeah. you know, kind of how you go about your business at mealtime. Mm-hmm. We, I, I think, and, and this might be something we've never talked about, I'm for sure. I think if a subscriber gets a DNVR tattoo, they get a free su- – Free lifetime oh, subscription. Is that correct? Do you know about that? That's right. That's right. Brandon right, so, will hook you up with a free lifetime subscription to DNVR if you get a DNVR tattoo. Yeah. And we don't know about PHNX, but you can always, you can always push the envelope and do it. So we'll that, I mean, I mean listening to this should be doing that, but still. Yeah. yeah. Watch yourself, but still. I mean, their coverage is great. So, I mean, it's true. All right. So, then the question for you is now, I, I don't know what kind of lifetime deal Hassle Cattle Company is going to give you, maybe just free shipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe they're just going to throw in a, a pack of that bacon that you love so much or, or mm-hmm. some dogs or ground beef. What type of meat tattoo do you get if you get a Hassle mm-hmm. Cattle Company tattoo? Yeah, because like the stuff that I order the most, which is the ground beef and chuck, is mm-hmm. not a good tattoo. You don't want ground beef on you. Like that's not. <laughs> well, I like the wavy. The waves, you know, when you get like the wavy type, that looks good. If you yeah. get it just in like the package, almost like a sausage packaging, yeah, that's whatever. But when it's like a little wavy like that, that's nice. It's a little artistic, I guess. Yeah, I think the uh, the bacon. If I'm if I'm gonna get, you know, like a meat, uh, I would get yeah. I would get some bacon. I, I I can see that working out in a certain. Who doesn't love bacon? Well, vegans and you know, but but other than that, <laughs> uh, if you're not vegan or vegetarian, then you've got no excuse then. You should hook up with Hassle Cattle Company. Check them out, H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com. Use promo code DMBR10. You'll get 10% off your entire purchase. And if you order over 200 bucks, bucks, they will hook you up with free shipping. It really is delicious. They don't pump it full of garbage. It's 
They don't treat the animals poorly. It's just you feel better about yourself as a human being, and it tastes better, and it's often cheaper. <laughs> there's no reason not to get it. H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com. So I figured it out. Here's the discount they're going to give you if you get that bacon tattoo that you're now on deck to get. Now, you might not ever get to the plate, but as right. far as I'm concerned, you are on sure. deck to get it. Down you to our final out. <laughs> you you get a 10% discount off all of your orders if mm. you get this bacon tattoo. An extra but, 10 on top of the DMVR 10? No, you can only use one, which is the which is which really kind of comes back around to the fact that you don't have to get any tattoo yeah. to just use the promo code DMVR10. The system. Kind of, yeah, you, you kind of did. So I money balled my way into cheaper bacon. DNVR 10, 10% off Hassle Cattle Company. You don't need to get the bacon tattoo. You don't. Don't even need it. All right, Patrick, let's put it in officially for the for the set. We were talking earlier. One, I mean, uh, uh, whoa, oh, I've got, oh, I've all of a sudden got Corey Sullivan talking to me on my phone. Always nice to hear Corey's voice. Always nice. <laughs> I got highlights popping up. Oh, Ryan Feltner's 6Ks. That was a nice memory. Thanks, phone. Uh, but anyway, all right. One, I think one is is where we're at here. So, uh, you know, Sensatella and Marquez, though, I, I mean, because we've got – you've got them now. That's your draft king's pick of the week here. And Sensatella has been their best pitcher of late. Marquez is their best pitcher, but he hasn't been of late. Tougher matchups. We so we're just the, the offense just goes dead quiet in those second two games, probably right. Yeah, I think it could. I I, I definitely think it could. Uh, it's it's one of the reasons why I think jumping on Tuesday's game with with Gray is is so nice. You know, there's not too many guys in Atlanta that has really good numbers uh, against him. Um, Travis Darno a little bit. I'm not sure if he's uh, if he's paired up. With Ian Anderson uh, starts Freddie Freeman, no shock there uh, has, mm, I guess, really good numbers. Not great, but you know, good enough. It's been a few years, and so I think you could carefully work around him. Uh, has a triple and a home run in 2019 against Gray, so you know has has that ability to get a little bop going. But other than that, three for 13. So I, I think you can be, mm-hmm. you know, careful. Uh, in fact, Gray struck him out his first three times that they faced each other in 2016 hey. uh, for their first five times. So I think there's a little history enough to suggest that Gray can can work around some of those choice hitters in the lineup to to get the win. And you know, and I don't I don't know if you even want to think about hedging the bet and say, uh, well, what if we throw in the Washington series? Now mm. what does that do? Now are you thinking right? Three wins between the two, but that if you're saying three wins, that's that's three and three. That's which overall is it a crazy six and four. So when you look at it in that perspective, you go, all right, there's gotta be some kind of course correction in a sense. So maybe one in Atlanta, one in Washington. That seems the safest bet. One in Atlanta, so. one in Washington, but two in Washington doesn't seem far fetched in the slightest. No. So it's uh, yeah. zero in Atlanta, two in Washington. 
That I, I think this, that, I think the over under is two, even two. Yes, We're have, we may have to have a push. Yeah, it's going to be an even two. And and they're, and they're feeling it, man. I'll, I'll I'll roll with them. They're they've been getting a little bit of the lady luck has been on their side. The the pitching has been quality. They've got these X factors with guys like Colton Welker. No, never know what he's going to do. Brendan Rogers could break out for a big thing at any moment in time. He's shown that he can hang, but he's still got to show that he can, he can really ball out, you know, so there's more there. So I'll take the over on the two. I think somehow they figure out a way to, to, as you said, finish this thing out three and three on the road trip and uh, continue their solid play of late. Yeah, I could see it happen because they've they've definitely been following a certain formula with somewhat consistency, but still improving. Now the results are finally kind of start starting to come their way a little yeah. bit, and you know, coupled with the fact that when you look up and down the Nationals lineup, and not to get too far ahead, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read off everyone's name except Juan Soto and Josh Bell in their starting lineup. And there's a couple names you go, Oh, I know a guy with that last name. Is that even who I'm thinking of? I've heard of that Maybe. name before. And again, you, if you saw the full name, you go, okay, actually, no, this guy has an upside. But as far as just household names, Thomas Escobar, three, four in your lineup, Hernandez, Keyboom, which is a name sounds familiar. Ruiz Garcia and the rotation outside of Corbin Espino, Fetty, who's been around for a little bit, Rogers, no relation to Brendan, and Gray, no relation to John. No relation. And that and that's their rotation. Like it's it's a relative who as opposed to who's who that they used to be uh, just a couple years ago when they won the World Series in 2019. So I think you can. I'm not even going to say steal two wins in Washington. I think you can just have. Two wins in Washington. So they win Tuesday and then in a 24 hour span, because you got the night game on Wednesday, followed by a 10 20 a.m. Thursday afternoon game in Atlanta. So maybe they boom, they they lose those quick turnaround two to a veteran club and you go, ah, all right. But they sold the one on, on Tuesday night and then they can go out and, and win two out of three in Washington. It's it's not bad. I, I'm gonna go push though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the line of, of exactly two wins here. Yeah. In the next six. I think it's gonna be one of the, yeah. I mean that's why we put it there, two or three. But yeah, there we go. So, all right. Thanks everyone for listening into this episode, of the NBR Rockies podcast. We appreciate you. Make sure you're following everyone on social media. It's at Drew Creaseman at Patrick D Lions at DNVR underscore Rockies. Subscribe to the DNVR.com for all the written content for the bigger beer. For the discounts, for the access to the Discord channel, for the free shirt, for the sweet dap that you're going to get from everybody on the streets because you're a member of the coolest sports family in the world. So get on all of that. Continue being absolutely awesome out there. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark. <laughs>